Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Welcome to the house of the fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thy rod and thy staff. That's post-traumatic winning, man. Yeah! So... While I go into the valley of the shadow of death, because life forces me there, I'm not spending much of my time down there. Wonder why? Because I know how to fight my way out. And I've got a compass, and I've got a map. And then, armed with that experience, the next time life shoves me down in the valley, I'm going to spend less time there. I'm not even going to go down into the valley itself. I'll wind up on the lip of that thing. And then I'll get my happy ass out of there. And so my trips will become progressively shorter. Which means I know how to deal with that shit. So, yeah. How about that? Anyway, so welcome to that house too. Um, I had an absolutely awesome day <laughs> yesterday. Um, for a whole variety of reasons. Sometimes in your life, like, things are, like, very good. And yesterday... My life was very good. Um, uh, first of all, so I went down, get up at 4.30, right? Hop in the shower, right? And then leave the house at about 5. And uh, headed towards San Diego. I always get nervous on days after, like, you know. Because I'm geeked, right? I'm geeked about doing post-traumatic winning. And then I, uh, so I always like, you know, it's my, all my phobias of, uh, um, all my phobias, um, about things blowing up, right? Car breaking down, not much I could do with, about that. 
But uh, making sure I'm on time, getting through the gate, getting to the right place, getting set up, all that kind of stuff. So everything works out. And uh, a friend of mine, a woman who I met, I've spoken about her on the program, but uh, her fiancé uh, took his own life uh, over a year ago. And she was going to speak for the first time about it. And, uh, and so met her in San Clemente, and we drove down to San Diego. And, uh, and then everything worked out. Now, the event that I spoke at was a leadership kind of conference of third marine air wing so their commanding general he's convening it i had never met general mahoney and um but i knew the chief of staff i i knew him when he was 14 i, I served for his dad so and the sergeant major had seen post-traumatic winning two or three times i think twice so um so when Somebody senior to the wing commander recommended that he check out me and post-traumatic winning. He asked the chief of staff, and he says, yeah, I know him. Known him since I was a teenager. What? So, yeah. So this, um, the, um, So, General Mahoney stands up to talk, right? And um, he sounds like a grunt. And I'm sitting against the wall watching this as he's kicking off his um, um, as he's kicking off his you know this 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 two day event. And I'm sitting there going, who is this guy, man? This is not how aviators behave, right? And uh, so I'm sitting there, and he's like, he's straight up being a grunt. And I'm like, who is this dude, man? I don't know him. And I'm getting motivated sitting over here on the fucking wall. And so um, so then I get introduced, right? And then... I said, hey, before I say anything else, I always thought it would be better if Marine Air Wings were led by infantry officers. I'm like, congratulations, man. And I look at him, and I said, who knew? A grunt. <laughs> and he starts laughing, right? They all start laughing. I'm like, no wonder this thing is so buttoned up. And, uh, and so then I introduced uh, Melissa, and she got up and spoke. And, you know, and so it's interesting my perspective on this, right? So I've gotten to know Melissa a little bit. and But I also know how difficult this kind of speaking is. And I, she's doing it for the first time. And so I'm sitting there watching her as somebody who speaks, uh, for me, somebody who speaks in public a lot. And knowing what is going to be going on inside of her head and then watching what she's doing, right? So I'm, I'm kind of this, uh, I have this, I have this, perspective that is unique in the room and i'm watching her and she's she was absolutely fantastic yeah absolutely fantastic and so um and so then i get up and i kind of do my thing and there's there's things that are in post-traumatic winning now that have never been in there before which is what i love about it and that is you know things if you listen to the program you know, you, 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 you know something about it. And that is, uh, you know, 
the relationship of adverse childhood uh, experiences and we as human beings, uh, that's in there now. Um, the, the propensity, uh, the, the, the numbers of those people that, you know, use the military as a way out of those situations. So that's in there. And the whole concept of the valley of the shadow of death, not going into there unarmed or thinking that somehow or other, if you take a medication, you can walk through that son of a bitch for a long time and do the endurance thing. That's all been kind of tweaked, in my opinion, to be more graphic, to be more powerful. So anyway, so I do it. And then, but always the coolest part is afterwards as people who've never seen anything like this come up to you and they, you know, they want to talk to you about something. And so for the next hour and a half, stand there and talk to people. And it is never, uh, it's always extremely, those conversations extremely moving uh, to me. Um, I had somebody um, talk to me about not only coming to speak into the unit, and he said to me, um, my dad's a Vietnam guy, and he was, uh, he's a pilot, and uh, uh, he, he had a plane crash of a private plane, and it killed my mother. Do you think you could help him? And I thought, good God. And I said, yes. And he looked at me and he said, I think this message, the way you deliver it, is probably the only thing. You know, he's a former Marine, Marine Vietnam guy. Probably the only kind of method that would be effective for him. I said, no, trust me, I understand. It's a message that comes out of our culture, and culture is important. The messenger is important. And um, I said, look, man, I'll do it. If you want me to do it just for him, I'd be happy to if you want. You know, and he said, well, let me figure that out. And I said, all right, let me know. And so all these conversations, you know, um, are just, I mean, they're just amazing uh, to me. And so uh, so yesterday was another uh, installment. But I have to tell you this. I don't know. I don't know the CG of the 3rd Marine Air Wing from shit, right? I never laid eyes on his ass. But I have to tell you this, man. I was uh, I was absolutely pro- positively impressed uh, yesterday, and you can tell. You know, I, you've heard guys come on this program and say, you know, when when you go visit a unit, you could tell within minutes if they're any good or not. You tell by the way that people carry themselves. You tell by the way they wear their uniforms. You tell by the cleanliness of of the buildings and wherever the hell you're at in the world. And I don't care. Same rules apply whether you're in the United States or, you know, in uh, in Hawaii, Japan, or, you know, places like Iraq, Somalia, Afghanistan. You know, you go visit Marines. You can tell within a few minutes if they're any good or not. You can tell about the climate simply by the way they conduct themselves. And, you know, you hear, you feel a vibe because of the leadership there. And you're just like, this is good, man. This is good. So, so yeah, yesterday... Um, Absolutely, positively uh, fantastic. Fantastic. So, um, so I'm uh, I'm still basking in the afterglow of all of that. Um, this week, 
because of people's travel plans, um, Will Costantini going to join me today? So Will and I will talk about whatever we talk about, and then um, and then tomorrow, Jeffrey and Timothy will join me. So we will not have the three musketeers all in one spot at one time this week, and uh, so you're going to have to you're going to have to deal with that. Yeah, you're gonna have to deal with that. And um, and so you'll hear Will today, which is I always I always have fun uh, when Will comes on by himself. And um, so uh, so that's what we're gonna do today. The um, what else is going on in the world? I don't really know. I've been kind of in the cone of silence of post traumatic winning that I go into when. Um, when I uh, when I do this, and and again, uh, the experiences are absolutely, you know, life changing. You know, I don't know is that the right word? I'm not sure what it is, but profound to say the least. And um, and uh, I can't tell you if you if you haven't taken what I tell you to heart, if you haven't looked at anybody and said. Hey man, can I talk to you? And then and then change their lives. Then you need to. You need to because it is the coolest drug that you will ever ever take. All right? It is the coolest drug you'll ever take. And um so I I just want to encourage you. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. So anyway, I, again, it's uh, and I, yesterday I was exhausted uh, when I came home, <laughs> so I came home, but I've all, I have all these things in my head, and I sit down and I write uh, notes to myself and, and, and things I thought about during the presentation that I could maybe tweak or do better. Although I will say I was pretty happy yesterday when I finished because, um, I think it's pretty fucking good, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it, it's, it's pretty whole. And I think when you can tell a story of, 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 of the, of the, of the DNA that comes in the Marine Corps, the, how many of them are trying to get away from something, how they are absolute miracles to be where they're at, and then they begin to struggle. The The answer is they don't need a therapist. They need a mentor. They need a coach. They need that person in their lives. That steadying influence in their life um, is, what they, is what they most need. And so... Uh, so I think one of the things that it's interesting when you talk about to leaders, um, you know, when you look at them and say, hey, you guys are the answer. And, and I'll tell you another interesting thing happened to me yesterday. Actually, somebody, I don't know if maybe they'd seen post-traumatic winning before, but um, I asked a question that I don't normally get an answer to, right? People think it's a rhetorical question. Somebody answered it yesterday and it happened twice. The first one was, I asked, who used to be the therapist in the Marine Corps before we had mental health? And somebody said, staff NCOs. I said, exactly. And they've got to get back into that business. 
our, 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 our mental health providers are working as hard as they can, but, but there's a piece missing in all of this. And that piece is that coach, that mentor, and we've outsourced that and we've got to get back into that business. Um, the other thing that somebody answered for the first time ever, which now I'm thinking, um, which now I'm thinking, had they seen it before? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I asked, um, I ask when I talk towards the end of it, I talk about giving, you know, where this comes from. And that is really the unique part about post-traumatic winning is that giving is a, a requirement, right, if you're going to do it. Um, but I talk about um, my conversation with Luke Weichel, which, and Luke is a, you know, he's post-traumatic winner number one. And so I I talk about the conversation about when I tell him, hey, you've got to stop drinking. And he says, yeah, I know. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, you don't get it, Luke. Right, I've uh, like I don't mean it like that. And then I said this: I'm giving you an order to stop drinking. And then I say, look, for a lance corporal corporal who's been out of the Marine Corps for eight years, receiving an order from a major who's been out of the Marine Corps for three years, what's the mo- if we're on Family Feud? What's the most likely answer to that? And the most likely answer is, fuck you, man. Go run somebody else's life, motherfucker. That's the most likely answer to that. And then I say, what do you think he said? And somebody said, yes, sir. And I looked and I said, yep, boom. That's exactly what he said. And I said, so, you know, I'll I'll layer that on to something that the commanding officer of 2nd Battalion, 8th Marines said to me when I asked, you know, Will they talk to you about these things? He said, will they talk to you? My sergeants say, they won't, they won't shut up about it. They will not shut up about it. And he said, our conclusion is they've been waiting for us to go there with them. And we just, we've been reluctant to talk to them as people. We're comfortable talking to them relative to performance evaluation, how they're doing in their job, their conduct, their conduct relative to their job and at work. We're not comfortable about talking to them as, as people, as being a coach. And so, um, so it was interesting yesterday, somebody said, yeah. I said, look, think about this. These kids are miracles to be here. Miracles. They don't know that though. They've been fighters their whole life and they come into Marine Corps to fight. But they've been fighting you know, for everything they, they are. Because a lot of them come from really not very good background. But we don't know that. So, got to get in that position. So, it's interesting that, that somebody actually had the answer for that uh, yesterday. Um, so, you know, I, I, again, I just could not be more impressed. You know, do leaders make a difference? I mean, you can feel it when you walked in the room. You can see that, that the way the conversations are... And the way they are is a function of the way the leaders are, both um, um, General Mahoney and uh, and Sergeant Major Wilson. And uh, 
no, it's just a, a an absolute a, a fantastic day. And then when you add, um, you add Melissa being there and being able to watch her, I think go through a, a the Looking Glass um, a little bit in her life. Uh, very cool, knowing that she touched people there yesterday, and that her admonition is that you you Marines do a lot of you know good things great. One of the things you don't do well is take care of yourself, and that's what Mac talks about here. And so, um, no, it's really cool um, being able to have her be a part of it. And then I had a uh, a gunny. I often talk about when you're being a when you're lead when you're a leader. Um, you know, when you're and you're solving problems, you look for other adults in the room, right? You hear me, you've heard me say that. And uh, a friend of mine who I met, he's a gunny, and uh, and he, in a meeting, I never met him, and we're trying to pro- solve problems. And most of the time in these meetings, everybody's looking for a way not to help. Oh, I can't do that. I can't sign up for that. I don't have anybody for that. And then all of a sudden somebody says, what do you need? And you look like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Right? I'm Gunny Bowie from Cleveland, Ohio. Although he didn't say that. Um but no, and uh, we're friends. It's our friendship began. Um, our friendship began, you know, just working together, solving problems. And was not a guy to shy away, was not a, a guy who uh, wouldn't do his part, and even more than his part. So he, he now works in San Diego, and he got a chance to show up yesterday. Um, there were people in the audience that I'd served with, too. Um, and so, uh, so, so, again... I am still in the uh, warm afterglow of uh, of just an awesome day yesterday, and uh, could not have been more excited to go down there and 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 in some way, shape, or form uh, contribute to what Third Ma is trying to do. And and again, I think their approach is absolutely right. We've got to get these other issues: mental health, domestic violence, alcohol, you know, things things that the Marine Corps struggled with. We've got to get better at this. And today is about about getting tools because our job is to be more lethal. And we can't be more lethal if this percentage stays the way it is or, God forbid, continue to grow. So we've got to shrink this percentage, and we hope that this contributes to to that end. And if we can follow in the footsteps of 2nd Marine Division, you know, we can, we can, we can make that happen. And so again, it's intoxicating, exciting, uh, to be, uh, to be a part of that. So, so very, very, very cool. The, um, so, uh, good morning on this, what is it? Wednesday morning. Uh, the United States Marine Corps band actually, as the show goes, makes this morning official. Good morning.
this is dedicated to uh, um, a number of people um, from yesterday. Uh, first and foremost is uh, the commanding general of uh, 3rd Marine Air Wing, uh, General Mahoney. His sergeant major, I think that's the third time he's seen post-traumatic winning. The first time he saw it, I did it at a reunion for his company that fought in Fallujah together. I think he was the company gunny. And uh, it was Lima Company, 3rd Battalion, 1st Marine. And uh, they had a reunion in Waco, Texas. I'll never forget it. And uh, I tell a story, and I told it yesterday, um, after, after the presentation. And so the guy who hosts the event is the former ambassador to Norway. Yeah, you can imagine what the ranch looks like in Texas, out in Waco. And so this thing is like a, a big hall, but it's got no sides on it, right? So it's got a big roof, concrete slab, and it's got to be maybe 50 yards long. I mean, it's long, concrete slab. And so for big events, and <clears throat> so we do it underneath that. It had been raining and stuff. And at the end of it, I'm talking to these Marines. Out of, across the other side of this um, concrete covered concrete slab, there's a table, and it has portraits of uh, of the Marines that were killed in action and also portraits of Marines that had taken their own lives since they uh, had come home. And um, there's a picture, and I see this woman over there, and she's rearranging the flowers there on this table, and her son's portrait is on the table. He was killed in action. His name is Corporal Andrew Bowling. Uh, he's a fire team leader there. He's killed on... November 11, 2004, in in the city of Fallujah, as uh, the 1st Marine Division uh, fought to retake that city. And so, um, so I'm watching Andrew Bowling's mother, and she's meticulously arranging the flowers, and she's dusting the picture frame. She's, um, she's being his mom, right? She's still taking care of him. And heartbreaking to watch. So I walked across where she and her husband were standing a few minutes later and to introduce myself. And I stuck my hand out and I said, hi. I said, I wanted to introduce myself. My, I'm Mac. And she goes, oh, my God. She said, thank you for doing that. She said, I, you've already helped me. And so I gave her a hug. And then she looked at me and she said, I love the way Marines hug me. And I said, do we hug different? And she said, yeah, you do. And I said, how so? And she said, the way you squeezed me, I could feel how much you care about my son and about me. And I said, well, that's a fact. And she said, no, I love the way Marines hug me. And so um, we had a conversation. And so I, I always include that in post-traumatic winning, uh, that story. And I say, you know, Instead of saying stupid shit like time heals all wounds and there's a purpose in this, all these empty, ignorant things we say that aren't true, don't say that stuff. And really what we're trying to do is fill up dead air. What do you, what do you say? And uh, I say, don't say anything. Walk up and give them a hug. Tell them, hey, uh, 24 hours, seven days a week, you can call me. I don't sleep very good, so don't be afraid. 
And if I hear that you're struggling and you don't call me, I'm going to come to your house and wreck all your flower beds. you understand me? Which will make them laugh, right? And then you look at them and say, hey, I'm serious about that flower bed stuff too. <laughs> and then you give them a second hug. And you just say, hey, I love you, right? Don't be afraid to call me. And that's as good as you could do in the moment. So um, Sergeant Major Wilson was there that day, right? He stood up and spoke and, and, and said some pretty amazing stuff that day. And so having him there was pretty cool. Um, David Steele, who's now a colonel, he's the chief of staff of the 3rd Marine Air Wing. Um, I've known him since he was a, a kid. He stood up and told a story yesterday about me taking him to a baseball game. Um, when he was at o Officer Candidate School and I was a, an instructor at IOC and just spending time with him and talking to him about what it is to be a, a not not a Marine officer, but a leader in the Marine Corps. What it, What is that? And I mean, honestly, I'd forgotten about it. And he's telling the story. Um, and then to have Melissa there and Gunny Bowie there. And so um, just dedicated to all those people. And then the, the lieutenant colonels, colonels, and their sergeant majors who sat in the audience yesterday. And everybody who came up afterwards wanted to talk. And who's so interested in changing the lives of, of people that they work, that work for them. So this is, uh, this is dedicated, dedicated to all of those people on what was a day that, I mean, I, I'll never forget what happened yesterday. So 3rd Marine Air Wing, the leaders that, that, that make up our organization motivated me. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. 
Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't. We don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago: persevere against difficult, challenging conditions and odds, and win. You got to win. for us to check the weather absolutely gorgeous here in southern california i was, yesterday my neighbor said it was like 80 here i said what he said yeah we had a santa Ana bust out power got shut off yeah i came home my computer was off i'm like what the hell happened um currently in quantico that's not right How come my my weather won't update? Why is that? Is the internet broke? Yeah, I'm struggling here. So I went to reload the page, and it doesn't work. So just listening to the sweet tones of Junior Walker and the All-Stars. Yeah, is it me or is it the Weather Channel? Well, let me, hold on, let me find out. It's them. Yeah, temperatures are not uploading, so I don't know what's going on at the Weather Channel, but the website screwed up. Uh, the last temperatures that are are reported, uh, Quantico is dark, cloudy, and 33. Uh, Camp Lejeune is dark, cloudy, and 43. 29 Palms, dark, cloudy, 51. Camp Pendleton, clear, dark, and 62, which is a little bit warmer. Um, Camp Smith in, I'm sorry, uh, Camp Pendleton, clear and 62 in Honolulu. So this must have been yesterday when, uh, my computer went down. I'm not going to report those temperatures. So yeah, that is a look at your weather. Let me look at my phone. I can tell you what my temperature is now. Uh, it is partly sunny in 51 here in Southern California. Uh, looking for a high all the way up to 72 today. So that is look at your weather. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll check some news headlines. Will Costantini is uh, going to join me. And I want to talk to him. He sent me a link that I talked about yesterday. Maybe the day before. 
Oh, by the way, if you haven't listened to the interview I did with Ken and Betty Rogers, listen to that. Uh, they've uh, they're in the in the final stages of their second documentary called "I Married the War," and uh, so uh, both Ken and Betty, Betty are in the interview. And that's interesting in and of itself, right? Ken is a Quezon veteran. Uh, their first documentary was about just telling the story of of he and uh, and the guys he fought with. Uh, I Married the War grows out of the first documentary and that they meet, you know, so many of the women that have been essentially caregivers for life for these guys. Um, in, in, in a in an aspect of their life, which is the mental health piece. You know, watching them struggle, watching them do so, because they're Vietnam veterans, they don't say shit in public, right? Watching them do it in private. You know, watching the meltdowns, watching the anger, watching alcohol abuse and all the stuff that, you know, has been a part of our culture for a long time. Um, so that the idea grows out of the first documentary. and, uh, and But listening to them together talk about it is very interesting because their perspectives are different. And, um, and so, and we're, and, and the way post-traumatic winning, because, you know, Ken is a post-traumatic winner. Betty's, Betty facilitates that by understanding that he's got to tell his story. And then Betty's background is, I want to say her grandmother used to subscribe, uh, used to transcribe stories, you know, that, of, I think veterans that, that somebody captured. So Betty has this thing in her family that she understands and that thing ultimately tells tells ken he's got to tell a story she has a, a she has an idea of how to do that it ultimately evolves into a documentary believe it or not uh, which they both kind of chuckle at which is now which now begets a second documentary and i believe uh and i said i say this during the interview i believe this is going to be a um, a groundbreaking documentary for a number of reasons. Uh, this kind of pulls the curtain back on what it is to be a caregiver, right? This guy's supposed to be Romeo. Romeo's not supposed to be like this, man. Um, but he is. He is. And uh, and so I believe it's going to be a, um, um, a watershed documentary, in my own opinion. And you're going to hear a lot about it. So it's called I Married... It's, Married the War. If you didn't listen to that yesterday, make sure you do. It's up on the website right now. So with that said, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll check news headlines. Will Constantini, Constantini joins me next. More of uh, All Marine Radio coming up next right here on your home for it, the All Warrior Radio Network. We used to get together every week. She's been home from her last deployment for months now, and I haven't seen her once. He's just been different since he got back from Iraq. One minute he's ready to go, and the next he doesn't want anyone around. The nightmares are back and seem to be getting worse. Shouldn't he be sleeping better after all these years? A lot of people don't understand what veterans go through during their service or when they come back. And that's okay. But everyone can help. You can make a difference in the life of a veteran. You stood by us when we were in uniform, so stand by us now. Like my brother did, when he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did when she made the call. 
Take a stand for those who served our country. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. America's service members and veterans are strong, forged out of bravery, sacrifice, and duty. They are diverse, unique, from all corners of the country. And thanks to their common experience, a family for life. But whether they served in lands far away or communities close to home, some of these men and women may face difficult times or even crisis. But sometimes reaching out for help can be the most challenging and worthwhile mission of all for veterans, service members, reserve, and National Guard. Thankfully, friends, family, and communities are standing by their service members and veterans now more than ever. We're all in this together. When you recognize something isn't right, make the call to the Veterans Crisis Line or Military Crisis Line. During times of crisis, reach out and call. Dial 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or chat online at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. We all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country, stand for something bigger than ourselves, and protect the things we love. Although we were ready to face any mission, help those in need, and make a difference, for some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone, even when surrounded by our loved ones. If you're a veteran or service member in crisis, or no one who is, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. America's injured and critically ill service members face incredible challenges every day of their lives. Since 2004, the Semper Fi Fund has helped thousands of service members and their families with both immediate and long-term needs. Join the Semper Fi Fund in supporting American heroes. They've given so much. Now it's our turn. Learn how your tax-deductible donation makes a real difference in their lives at SemperFiFund.org. Hi, I'm Colleen McNamara. And you're listening to my dad on All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network. To the news we go, I woke up at about 4 o'clock this morning, and my brain started working, which means 
I don't go back to sleep. So then I start talking to friends on the East Coast because they're awake. But I just, I just figured out I was hungry. Um, top headline in Stars and Stripes today. Racism allegations. Sideline two army battalion leaders in South Korea. The 8th Army has suspended two top leaders of an aviation battalion in South Korea on allegations of racism, bigotry, and discrimination. Major General Steve Gillen of the 2nd Infantry Division suspended the commander and the command sergeant major of the 602nd Aviation Support Battalion pending the outcome of an investigation. Military.com identified the two as Lieutenant Colonel Sean McBride and Command Sergeant Major Mario Salomone in a report on Monday. The allegations were made <clears throat> against the two were made on the 8th Army Anonymous Assistance Line. You know, I have to tell you this. Forgive me for being skeptical. But... Um, but I am. And I have yet to seen to see anybody <clears throat> that can show me an example of institutional racism that exists. And I don't want to hear this bullshit microaggression nonsense. Look, there's assholes everywhere. And assholes do assholic type things. Well, I might have just made another word up. That's not systemic racism. So I'll be curious to see what happens. Right? I'll be curious to see what happens. Air Force in Europe seeks defense against Chinese drones and Russian cruise missiles. That's in the news. U.S. forces in Korea will increase coronavirus restrictions as Peninsula's cases hit a new high. The VA released the order of veterans and staff to be vaccinated. Right. The um, Space Force plans to nearly triple in size in its second year. And they are contemplating accepting Army and Navy transfers. I thought that was already in the works. Right? I thought that was already in the works. The, uh, so... Headlines. There's a story about Marines in here. Marines put minimalistic command concept to work during air assault exercises in Japan.
Um, <clears throat> story says this. The Marine Corps is downsizing its command and control sites in the field to something light, mobile, and suitable for work within the range of an adversary's firepower. Marines from 3rd Battalion, 8th Marines from Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, working in a forest clearing from three Humvee-sized vehicles demonstrated the concept during exercise forest light in the Gunma Prefecture of Japan. With a few maps and radios, a dozen Marines coordinated a simulated air assault Tuesday involving 1,000 Marines and troops from the Japanese Ground Self-Defense Force. Their commanding officer, Lieutenant Colonel Neil Barry, said, we can have this thing set up in a matter of minutes. It's a small mobile command operations center that can move quickly. And you have to, lest you get your ass whacked, right? So, anyway. Second uh, Marine Division, when they did their large-scale exercise out in 29 Palms, proved some of these concepts. That if you're going to fight a peer with their electronic warfare capabilities, you better be moving quickly or else you're going to get whacked. The um, <clears throat> Next story. Japanese officials call on the Marine Corps to curb drinking incidents on Okinawa. Local authorities on Okinawa turned to the Marine Corps this week to address reoccurring problems. Marines and alcohol sometimes don't mix. Japan sent representatives from national and prefecture, I would be like provincial, state, offices, to Camp Foster for an unofficial opinion exchange on Monday with Marine Corps Installations Pacific. The subject was a recent spike of incidents, apparently fueled by booze that ended with Marines under arrest. Right. And again, I mean... A constant issue, right? You you'll hear General Neller say that uh, um, it's the single worst thing we do is alcohol. We use it as a coping thing, and we have young people that are off on their own for the first time. Many of them getting drunk in foreign parts of the world and doing stupid shit. And uh, Okinawa is. Uh, Is one of the place that that happens. So, um, yeah, that in the news. Yeah, you got an answer for that one? Good luck. Shoppers have pulled back spendings at the start of the holiday. That's in the news. That's the top story in the Wall Street Journal. Um, <clears throat> under the guise that personnel is policy... There's another article in uh, the Wall Street Journal. As President-elect Joe Biden works to fill key roles in his administration, the Wall Street Journal's Gerald Seib outlines four characteristics of the prospective team. So, and he's talking about the different people that, that the president-elect, that was, that was uh, right, the Electoral College met yesterday. And so um, they, they outline that. 
And then another story that's that's pretty interesting. The Supreme Court is going to hear an NCAA case on student athlete compensation. Now, this is uh, this has a chance to change the landscape of you know college athletics in the country. The Supreme Court agreed to decide whether the NCAA violated federal antitrust laws by maintaining tight limits on compensating college athletes, a case that comes amid a broad national battle over the future of college sports. The court, in a written brief on Wednesday, said that it would hear the NCAA's appeal of lower court rulings that found that the association unlawfully limited compensation for college athletes by restricting the kinds of compensation they could receive related to their education. So in exchange for your education, your room and board, right, as a college athlete, you cannot be compensated. And the university and the NCAA will sell your jersey with your number on it, use your likeness, and make a shit ton of money. Yeah. The rulings allowed college athletes to receive an expanded range of education-related benefits, such as laptop computers, musical instruments, study abroad programs, internships, and paid-for graduate school. The ruling did not lift NCAA limits on athlete compensation unrelated to education. The Supreme Court is likely to hear arguments in the spring with the decision expected by the end of June. So, interesting, interesting uh, stuff relative to the NCAA. Um, U.S. Naval Institute. Uh, a panel says this, the U.S. must embrace the power of naval diplomacy. Well, you better get after that because in case you're not paying attention, the Chinese have already embraced it. Rockford Whites, Director of Maritime Studies at Stuff at Tufts University, said during this pandemic year, quote, China overplayed its hand with aggressive moves against India in the Himalayas, threatening Malaysia and others in the South China Sea and suppressing democratic protests in Hong Kong. One way of showing American engagement in the Indo-Pacific and the strength of its alliances would be to have NATO ships visiting Vietnam with, say, Japan and the United States present as well. At the Heritage Foundation online forum, Jeffrey Gresh, on the faculty of National Defense University, but speaking for himself, said such a naval visit would help close the seams between the ge geographical commands. The visits tell other nations, we're here, you're valuable partners, and you're not standing alone against China. Recalling Theodore Roosevelt, right, as president in 1907, dispatched of the Great White Fleet to demonstrate American naval power, he added, just the presence of an American ship has enormous power. So, anyway, we'll see if any of that is followed up. But, uh, no, I mean, our Pacific Alliance, my great criticism of Donald Trump, I think he's got many policy things right relative to foreign policy. And uh, But my criticism of him is uh, whether it's bilateral um, uh, economic agreements in that replace um, that replaces um, the Trans-Pacific Partnership 
right, that the president scuttled. Um, so either that or what have you, um, something has to take its place economically and that, that those economic agreements open up, right, when you get closer, closer economically, they naturally open up military uh, opportunities. So that really important. So we'll see if anybody heeds that warning now that we're going to change administrations. Um, next is uh, the Macon Island Amphibious Ready Group of the 15th Mew is uh, now in the Indian Ocean, likely headed to the Middle East. Interesting. I know people associated with that. Marine infantry training shifts from automation to thinkers as school adds chess to its curriculum. In a School of Infantry West initiative, chess will be a part of a pilot 14-week basic infantryman training starting next month. We're going to teach them how to play chess. Going to make them thinkers. Uh, Interesting. Um, Also, the Marine Corps is going to begin gender-integrated training at Marine Corps Boot Camp in San Diego. The details of the story written by Mallory Shelburne. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mallory, that's a unisex name, right? Men and women have it. Um, the Marine Corps in February will start conducting gender-integrated in, gender training in San Diego, the service announced this week. Beginning February 12, 2021, an integrated company of males and female recruits is scheduled to begin their journey to become Marines at MCRD, which is San Diego, for those of you who don't know. Um, yeah, MC, they're both MCRDs, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, San Diego. But when you say MCRD, everybody knows you're talking about San Diego. When you refer to Paris Island, everybody says Paris Island. That's just the way it is. Um, after undergoing a two-week COVID-19 quarantine, this initial opportunity for male and female recruits to train concurrently at Marine Corps Recruit Depot San Diego will serve as a proof of concept to validate requirements needed to sustain integrated training on the West Coast in the future. So, there you have it. And that was part of the National Defense Authorization Act of 2020, which uh, funded the DOD, which said the Marine Corps would begin that. So, uh, so there you have it. Uh, top story in Marine Corps Times today is well, the first one of note, the first story of note. Is this U.S. Supreme Court reverses ruling on the military statute of limitations on rape cases? The U.S. Supreme Court has unanimously overruled the military's top appeals court, which had put a five year statute of limitations on rape cases that occurred between 1986 and 2006. The ruling, published on December 10th, does not have the a bearing on rape cases outside the window, but could open up new prosecutions for past incidents. 
kind of an old story that's being dredged up. Um, <clears throat> top stories in early bird, and then I'll get Will Cosentini on here. Number one, first military health care worker receives a coronavirus vaccine. Congratulations. Number two, Trump weighs executive order for ill veterans to who served at talk, toxic black goo base. I just want another one of these horrible stories where the DOD uses a base that the Russians stored nuclear and chemical weapons in Uzbekistan called K2. And there was this quote-unquote black goo. Yeah, go figure. What the hell is that? Anyway, and now guys are dying from it. Number three, um, U.S. Supreme Court ruling reverses military statute of limitations on rape cases. Number four, a tremendous soldier and teammate. Army confirms bomb holder soldier died of coronavirus complications. And number, number five, the U.S. Navy is investigating a potential LCS class-wide design flaw. That's not good. LCS is littoral combat ship, if I'm not mistaken. Repeated failures in the propulsion train on the Freedom Class littoral combat ship Little Rock in Detroit have raised the specter of a class-wide design flaw that could trigger an expensive reworking of a crucial component on 17 of the Navy's small surface combatant ships. That's not good. Anytime you hear that, yikes. All right, we're going to take a break. Will Cosentini is going to join me next. He's standing by, just so you know. More of uh, Armoring Radio coming up next right here on your home for it. Observing. The, whoa, that was his voice, by the way. But that wasn't him. That was a recording. More of Armoring Radio coming up next. 